In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We are expecting the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is what Advent means. Advent makes a kind of relationship with something that is coming in the future, something that is very important. Literally, it may mean what is coming, and what is it that is coming. I asked that question to little children, and one of them, very excited, said, what is coming is Santa. I have the urge to laugh at it and then to explain to them that there is something much more important than Santa coming. Immediately, everyone said, well, that is our Lord Jesus Christ, that the one who is coming. But then we need to ask ourselves, why does he come? Is it not odd that the creator of the universe the one who has created absolutely everything from nothing, yet with his words, have to come on earth. The creator of all the animals and plants and everything that exists comes to this little planet called Earth and becomes one of us, one that is living with us. It is very odd when we think in those terms. So what has happened for him to have to come on earth? I told also the little children, something really bad has happened before. Something that has really awful consequences to us. And they have come with many different answers. One said that, yeah, Herod wanted to kill all the babies, and yes, that's really bad, but it happens after our Lord Jesus Christ, not before and well before. In the end, someone said it was the original sin. It was that Adam and Eve rejected God, and they lost the capacity of being children of God. Yes, that is the main problem. We don't realize how bad our situation was before the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have condemned ourselves to a miserable eternity, losing the capacity of being of the family of God, of being children of God, means that we could not have heaven, that those who were very holy people in the end, they could have a kind of human paradise, but nothing more than that. And try to imagine a human paradise in the eternity, even if we enjoy having chocolates or, or ice creams or whatever it is that we enjoy 
try to imagine yourself doing that for an eternity. In the end, it becomes really painful. Some people, not very intelligent people, they may think, oh, I'm going to be in a huge party every single day, but then think of the eternity. Even a huge party can become something painful, thinking of an eternity. We were in a very deep, deep darkness. We could have an eternity in which, if we were able to make it because it was not easy, we could have, yeah, a human paradise, but no much. But God is so good. And God loves us so much that he has not abandoned us to our own devices. As you know, God would have said, well, if you don't want to be with me, it's your problem, it's your decision. You just will be on your own for the rest of the eternity. We place ourselves like in a very deep cave. Perhaps you have been in one of these big, deep caves. I've been several times, not many, but several times. And in one of these caves, it was very simple, a huge hole going down, and we went down and down and down. And at the end of this hole, there was a big chamber. And when we were there, the leader told us, look, switch off your torches. So we did it, and immediately, a kind of darkness that I have never experienced before came to us. I tried to put my hand just in front of my eyes to see if I could see anything. It was impossible. It was just dark, nothing else. And I tried to see that when we were with original sin and our Lord had not rescued us, we were in that kind of darkness. Even if we were able to be good, and it was really difficult, and to go to that Abraham's bosom, the happiness that we could have there was nothing with the happiness that we'll have in heaven. Why are we happy at Christmas? We are happy at Christmas because Jesus Christ is coming. Is coming to meet us. And Jesus Christ is God. Don't forget that. He's not that just an important person. He's God who is coming on earth to bring us light. After a while being in that darkness, the one who was leading us said, well, now you can switch on your torches. And it was amazing. A kind of hope came to our hearts from being almost depressed, oppressive. Then a light came. Okay, we were able to see everything around us. Such a joy, such a relax. Well, that is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. And you see how we use lights to commemorate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because these lights are bringing us hope. 
and the light shines in the dark. That is our Lord Jesus Christ, who is bringing a different kind of life, a life that becomes light, becomes, becomes mean, meaningful. A life without God doesn't have any meaning, even from the eternity and for the eternity. It doesn't have any meaning. Think of what we were talking about, a life with all the pleasures, human pleasures that we can have, but not God, not love, just human, human happiness, nothing more than that. I leave you with our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. A light shines in the darkness, and our hope is reborn with the lights. We also use the green color. It is omnipresent, especially when we use the Christmas tree. It represents Jesus Christ. It is not a decoration for Christmas. It's like the presence of Jesus in our homes. And we put on this Christmas tree also beautiful decorations and beautiful lights. The color green means hope. And that is what we have received. God has not abandoned us. God really loves us. Let's make use of these decorations that we have at home the crib, the Christmas tree, the Advent wreath, everything to speak to Jesus. Let's make Jesus really welcome in our souls.
Every time that we see the tree, the Christmas tree, we can say to Jesus, Jesus, I love you. Or Jesus, good morning. If that's the only thing that comes to your mind, it doesn't matter. Or Jesus, help me, I'm very tired. Or Jesus, please keep me calm. My children are really naughty today. Don't give me, as one mom was saying, don't give me a strength, because if you give me a strength, I will kill them, okay? Just give me, give me calm. Well, sometimes that is the best prayer that we can say. But use the Christmas tree to talk to Jesus because he is there with you. And then we were talking about hope, the green color. We were talking about the cave. You know, when we were in that cave for a while, we were completely disorientated. It was really simple, just a kind of passage, long passage down, down the earth, and then the big chamber. But personally, I was in that big chamber completely disorientated. I couldn't find the hole that was the, the, that passage going out. And again, a kind of depression came to, to my mind, thinking, and now what? Thanks be to God, the, the one who was leading us knew it really well, and he just pointed us toward the right direction. And we came out, and it was a joy that we have experienced inside of the cave, and especially now that we were outside of the cave. Our Lord Jesus Christ comes on earth, and comes on earth to, be, to give us that hope, but he accompanied us. The beautiful thing is that he comes and becomes a little baby and grows with us to show that everything that belongs to our human nature is something that God loves and, and cares because he has taken it for himself. And he was really, really human, which means that he really used nappies, okay? And that Our Lady sometimes may have been a little bit desperate, even being a saint, cleaning these nappies and thinking, no, not now, not now, don't do this now, okay. Well, what happens with all the moms? And God teaches us how to become humans. So then we can learn also how to become divine, because we belong to the family of God. And God shows us how much he loves us. The other color present during Advent is purple. This color was very expensive in the past, and that's why the kings used to dress themselves in purple, to make the difference between them and the others. And yes, we are receiving the king of the universe, the king of our souls, the king of, or the kingdom of God, okay, with that color purple. That means calm, and in a way, passion. And he is a passion that is different of the other passions. We receive him in purple to say sorrow to him, because, yes, he is coming, and we are extremely happy because he has not abandoned us, as I said before, but he is coming to die for us on the cross, 
Let's not forget this. So in our joy, there is a sorrow mix and penance and repentance, a sorrow that is a passion, a passion of the love of God that makes us to realize how much God loves us and how much we have offended him and at the same time wanted him, and it sounds awful, wanted him to die for us on the cross. Otherwise, we won't be, be safe. So that's why we use this purple color before Christmas, a kind of repentance and love all together, and sorrow and joy is a mix of everything. Let's see if we can get ready for Christmas with a big, big confession. So then we'll see him in our hearts, in the real creep that is our hearts, in the right way. I leave you with our Lord. Tell him that you, that you love him. And how can we welcome our Lord who is coming to meet us? How can we make him the king of our soul? Let's realize what he is. He's a king, but is not that kind of kings, sorry, that kind of king that bully us and demands impossible things from us. But he is a king that becomes human to teach us how to become divine. He's not a king who punishes us when we do something wrong, but a king that suffers for our sins and suffers them in the best way or the worst way as you want to look at it on the cross. He's not a king that despises us when we fail 
but the one who begs us with tears to come back to him. You see, as he said to Pilate, that his kingdom is not of this world. It is true, his kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise, he will have treated us as we treat him, as we treated him. So, how can we make him the king of our souls? There is only one way, to obey him. When we look at the original sin, what is what we find? We find that it was a sin of pride, a sin of disobedience. And when we look at the redemption, what is it that we find? We find that everything is based on humility and obedience. St. Paul explains that Jesus Christ wanted to become a human being. Men, humans, wanted to become like God, wanted to take the place of God. And God didn't mind to become a human being as we have seen, even to the point of being a baby that needs absolutely everything from his mom. It is St. Paul also the one who says that Jesus was obedient till death and death on the cross. And we see how his only desire here on earth was to fulfill God's will. The redemption is based in these two things, humility and obedience. The two same big virtues that we see in Our Lady. Well, we see everything, but especially these two. She is humble. She is the handmaid of the Lord. And the only thing that she wants is to obey. Nothing more. In these two people, our Lord Jesus Christ and in Our Lady, the redemption is based. Jesus is able to come on earth because there was a, a, a human being, a woman, who wanted only to serve. Nothing for herself, but to serve. And that was so humble that when she became the mother of God, she didn't try to bargain with God to have more things, better things. Any of us, if we have received a big mission from God, will try to take advantage of it. And I don't know, I can imagine a woman, not a lady, but any other woman, saying to God, All right, I accept it to be your mother, but what about? I live in a cave, I live in a very small house that is half a cave. Your son deserves something better. What, a, what about if we have a, a nice house with a little bit of garden? Of course, the, the boy needs to, to be able to play in a safe place. And, and we start demanding and demanding. No, a lady never asked anything. She just wanted to fulfill God's will. 
we make our Lord Jesus Christ the King of our hearts in this way. By giving ourselves completely to God, obeying to God. If today you hear the voice of God, don't harden your heart. Say yes, whatever he asks you to do. Even if it's something as simple as smiling to the people around you. Listen to him and obey him. We make the king of our hearts also when we discover his presence in our hearts, inside of us. He's more intimate to each one of us than ourselves. Remember what the gospel says. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for whatever you please and you will get it. And what is it that we should be praying or asking these days? Ask to be completely his, to belong to him, to remember that he lives within us and that the most important place we can be and we can stay is in our own hearts, that he is always with us, that we are never alone. The problem is that we forget it. And as always, we trying to prepare the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we forget the most important thing, that he is within us, that he is waiting for us, to, I mean, waiting to hear from us so many things that we need to prepare. The Christmas tree that we have been talking, the crib, or the food and the presents and, and the jumpers, and I don't know, and the lights and the decorations. And at the end, we prepare so many things for God that we forget that we are preparing it for God. I mean, we forget God himself. It would be an amazing thing if this Advent and, of course, then Christmas becomes the place where we are always, always with God at Christmas, always with God in the crib in Bethlehem, in that crib that we carry in our hearts, always with Mary and Joseph. And if we feel a little bit bored, let's go inside of us to talk to Jesus, who is waiting for us, like if he were in the sitting room of our homes. And then ask him for your spiritual life. You can grow in your spiritual life as much as you wish, as much as you love God, because God doesn't have a limit. <laughs> probably, sorry, it's a silly thing. Probably we have a budget for for Christmas, for the presents that we want to buy and, and things like that. And we try to put limits otherwise we may overspend. But God doesn't have any limit, any budget. He can give us as many graces as we need, or better, as many graces as we are ready for. Many graces as we prepare ourselves for. So let's see if we, we make a very beautiful place 
for Jesus in our hearts. And then he is able to transform us. Christmas is the right time. We ask our Lord, we ask our Lady to become the place where he is pleased to be, to transform us into the image and likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. I leave you, I leave you with him. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. <laughs> 